Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. Live from Philadelphia, I'm Jared Weiss. And live from L.A., it's Mo DeKeel, who just watched the Lakers get absolutely trounced. Yeah, that was rough. (laughs) That was really bad. That was really bad. Daniel Lehman's our producer. We're going to get into this Lakers-Warriors game. We're going to look ahead to Friday night's games. We're going to talk about a pretty monumental coaching change in the NBA. But first, uh, Clay Thompson just eviscerated the Lakers. I mean, Clay was unbelievable. 8 of 11. I don't feel like any of his shots, even his misses, didn't feel like they hit the rim. Uh, It was just the way he was making everything. He was on a roll. The fadeaway to the corner that he hit was unbelievable. I think it was in the first quarter. um, And it it caught it. Didn't bring the ball down. Fading away and drills that one was just beautiful. He was on a roll. And, you know, Steph Curry with just a quiet 20 and 12 night, like just really sort of killing those guys. I mean, this Warriors team, when they're rolling like that, that's a real tough team. And the difference between it's just like in the Celtics Sixers series, like seeing how tight that first game was and then just the absolute obliteration by the home team responding in the second game. And the funny thing it was like Steph went three for five from deep. He didn't have to do a ton in this game, uh, shoot the ball. But the, the threes he hit were like absolutely ridiculous, especially that last one there. The last one shouldn't have counted. That was too mean. No, that was disrespectful. We're, we're, <laughs> we're unusual. blowing yeah. the whistle. Disallow it. That was just too cruel in that sense. But I just think the, the big thing in this game that was different from game one that the Warriors, the biggest adjustment was, hey, let's run a whole lot more Steph Curry pick and roll. And the Lakers were trying to be aggressive with Steph on it, which then opens up Draymond Green in the short roll. And that allowed him to find guys like Clay for for shots. But the other guy who actually had a big night for them, who started in the place of Kevon Looney, was Jamichael Green, who I was like, this is when I heard the news, I was out of my mind because I'm a Looney fanatic. Um, but like the he really produced for them off the bench. Six and nine from the field, three of six from three, hit some big shots for them early to kind of keep that thing going. Yeah, Jamichael Green shot six for nine from the field in 12 and a half minutes. That is Incredibly on brand for Jamichael Green. I feel like every time they call a call on him, he just like starts catching fire from the corners. Uh, it I'm was, not gonna say every time. Not gonna say every him. time. Not gonna say every time. He's the the thing I say about Jamichael Green is the idea of Jamichael Green is always better than the reality. Tonight we got what the dream looks like. Let's see if he can do it again in Game Three. Yeah. Also, Kevon Looney only 12 minutes till eight rebounds. His rebound per minute rate is. Insane to the point that we have to refer to it as a rebound permanent rate. Uh, but he was six, so he didn't start in this game. And Draymond had nine assists. I mean, this was just like the Draymond Steph playmaking a thon. 
I mean, just, I mean, one assist away from a triple double, 11, 11, and nine. I think, again, it just goes back to the way the Lakers were playing Curry in the pick and roll, being aggressive. They were icing it. They were aggressively hedging double at times. And each time Curry would make that pass to Draymond, and Draymond would cook out of that. And I think that was a big part of what we saw in their offense and what was the big difference in their offense versus game one when a lot of it was off-ball stuff for Curry that allowed the Lakers to sit in top lock and, and really kind of be aggressive and force him away from the screens and into the paint. And I think that was the big difference in this game. And I, I, you just can't really ignore that. Okay, so other side, Anthony Davis just has not been able to consistently establish himself in this playoff run. Why do you think we're just seeing such massive up and down swings with him? Yeah, I don't know if it's stamina. I don't know if he can do this every other night and, and whatnot. I think what's frustrating about it, and this is what frustrates me about this. All right, LeBron James, 18 shots. Well, it's LeBron James. Led the Lakers with 18 shots? Probably should. He's pretty damn good. Uh, D'Angelo Russell with 12 shots. Rui Hachimura with 14 shots off the bench in 22 minutes. Austin Reeves, 11 shots. Anthony Davis with 11 shots. AD needs to be in the 18-19 range. He can't be the fourth or fifth Laker in field goal attempts. He needs to be up there with LeBron in terms of that. And I think some of that has to do with they have to do a better job of giving him opportunities on the move. Finding him in those spots. I felt like he drifted a lot to the perimeter and things like that. Some of the jumpers he had at the paint at the free throw line didn't fall, but I didn't feel there was a real aggression from him tonight. Second chance, pick and roll, dunker spot. Those are all places where he picks up a lot of those attempts, and he's just not getting those in the series. He's not getting those consistently. One offensive rebound this game. It's terrible. Well, uh, okay, Warriors, I guess, how, how do you feel about these series where it's like, Close underdog road win to open up the series. Then home team just destroys them in the second game. Is it just like kind of a reset when you switch locations? I mean, they're going down the PCH now. Is this back to even or are the Warriors having a massive momentum swing here? First, I want to applaud you with the PCH. Good job there. Good, good, good freeway referencing. In, oh, in I've, that I've been to California in my life. Yeah, yeah. good, good references and all of that stuff. I think the... I think this is a difficult series for the Lakers. I said it from the beginning. I just felt like they had no way to guard Steph in this situation. You know, like, what are they going to do next game? Go to drop and let Steph cook for 50? They're going to lose that game if that's what happens. I think it's a, it's a very difficult matchup for them, for their guards. I don't think they can really kind of navigate screens well. They're going to struggle a little bit against them. I think the Warriors kind of, this is the game plan. This is the offensive game plan they have to go to if they're going to win this series. It's just a crap ton of pick and rolls, Jared. My favorite, my favorite sentence in the English language, a crap ton of pick and rolls. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match this offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Dealer. Speaking of Philadelphia 76ers, James Harden, Joel Embiid, they tried running a crap ton of pick and rolls, did not work out for them in game two. Both guys were just out of sync. Uh, now the Celtics head back to Philadelphia. They're tied 1 1. I just got the Philly today uh, there to cover that for the athletic. Uh, but I want to hear your take on this first. Did the Celtics, the way that they flipped the series dramatically with an absolute devastation, same thing where just like the third quarter just completely ripped the game open in game two. Did the Celtics look like they're firmly in control here? Or do you see Philadelphia kind of like getting slapped back to reality? And now they're going to be kind of Harden's going to lock back in. Tyrese Max is going to find his way. And Joel is going to hopefully be able to run up and down the floor. This series really just depends on how much do the Celtics really want to do it on a night to night basis. Like, I'm serious. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, every, that's, just, that's every single game for the Celtics, really. I mean, that's just what I look at with this team. You know, uh, Joe Missoula with this night comment at the end of his press conference where nobody wants to ask about adjustments. You know what adjustment he made, Jared? You know what the biggest adjustment he made? Shoot better. Hard. No, yeah, shoot that's better. Because that's all it was. They just shot better from three and the Sixers didn't. And that was his big adjustment. And I, you know, go listen to Nerd or She Wrote. Uh, I definitely uh, made my uh, thoughts known on that stuff. But I just think the ultimate thing for them is if the Celtics play proper basketball and really work on offense and don't get stuck and bogged down into one-on-one isolation stuff and really try to attack the pain and kick out and spray from there, I don't think there's a way the Sixers can beat them. And that's with Embiid, who I, MVP... I think game three is going to be fascinating because he's going to get the trophy in front of the crowd. We know the Sixer fan base is going to go nuts for him and the adrenaline in there. I think, honestly, I think the first quarter, if I was a betting man, I would bet Sixers first quarter, whatever the number is going to be on that, just because the adrenaline, I think, is going to carry them. The Celtics need to chill out, weather that storm, and then get back to playing basketball because I think they're the better team. I think they have the most talent. I think there's no reason for this. I don't think this is something Philly can really hang with. And I think this is going to be one of those. It's going to be a uh, situation, but it's all on the Celtics because we've seen it too many times. Saw it in the Hawks series. Saw it in game one. You got to be better than that. Really interesting, I think, part of this is how much help the Celtics can send over on Harden and Embiid. They were able to get pretty aggressive like in their pick and roll coverages because they could just help off of P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker's taking one shot. And it just seems like there's this black hole in the corner for Philly. And if that's the case, one, do you play P.J. Tucker if you're not going to have him shoot the ball? 
even though you obviously need him for defense on Jason Tatum. But two, it's like, what's more important, I guess, for the Sixers? Like, do they need to win a shootout here or do they want to slow it down, which has been their identity most of the season? But obviously we saw how playing with speed and, and aggression and ball pressure was what worked for them so well in game one. Well, when they have Joel Embiid out there, they're a slowdown team. I don't think you could take P.J. Tucker off the court. And I think just what he does for you defensively, when he does crash the glass offensively, good things happen. I think they just need to get him to be more aggressive and be more willing to shoot those shots in the corner when they come to him. And I think that's just got to be, hey, we need that because they need him on the defensive end. I don't think they can really replicate what he does on the defensive end with other guys like McDaniels and so on. I don't think they can do what P.J. Tucker does. All right, let's head over to Denver versus Phoenix. They're going back to Phoenix now. Denver won those first two games. They seem to be in pretty firm control of the series, even with Jamal Murray not even shooting as well as he could. Uh, but Jokic just, like, at a time where Joel was out, like, Jokic reminded everybody why he won those last two MVPs. Yeah, no, I mean, Jokic is pretty incredible. I felt like the – here's the thing for this for game two, just my thought about that one was the game plan worked for Phoenix until Chris Paul went down. We're going to let Jokic cook our guys and score 50 points or whatever, and we're going to stop everybody else. They were hanging in. They were doing a pretty good job. CP goes down. Their offense falls apart. And then because CP goes down, it's now just so much easier to defend the Phoenix Suns. And, like, I, I don't see a way for that. I find it very hard for them to score offensively because, listen, if I'm Denver, I'm just looking at the lineups and, and who they're going to be playing on the floor and just saying to the team, Hey, guys, we have five guys on the court. I'm only afraid of two guys on the Phoenix Suns. I'm fine if we play five on two and just let the other three guys try to score because I don't think they'll make enough. And I think that's kind of the strategy. It's just not enough bodies, not enough bodies for the the Suns. I mean, Josh Okogie had a wide open look in the middle of the lane. And I'm telling you, Jared, you could just feel it. He just got so tight when he got the look. Kicks it out to KD. KD drills, misses a shot, but it's just too much work for KD and Devin Booker. Yeah, uh, DeAndre Ayton, is he going to prove that he's a star, or is we just are we going to have to like walk away from this because Jokic just made him look feeble, and it was frustrating watching some of these. Some hey, go ahead, it's just frustrating, man. No, no, it's it's that's the game plan. I hey, DeAndre, like I love you. Not, not me personally. If I'm Monty, this is what I'm saying to him. Not me. I, 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 I'm not, I've, I've been known to be a DeAndre hater. Uh, go listen to basketballs. Um, but hey, like, do your best. He's a two-time MVP, so we're not going to be mad at you if he cooks you. But just be aggressive on the offensive end. And he's just simply not. They have no way of getting Jokic into actual foul trouble because DeAndre Ayton prefers to fade away than go towards the basket. And I think that's one of the issues there for them is they can't really hurt them that much defensively. Coach Moti in the house. Uh, okay, we got to talk about that. was bad. Thing. No, that was bad, Jared. Oh, Leave that man. in. Leave it in, Danielle. Uh, wow. Okay, last thing we have to get to here. Coach I'm Bud. doing this under protest the rest of the way. Uh, speaking of being under protest, Coach Bud, he's out. And the Bucs need a new coach. And we just saw Emi Adoka just took the Houston job. So the big name on the market is off the board. Where do they go from here? Charles Lee has been a big candidate for a lot of a lot of these other jobs. Do you see Charles Lee scoo- uh, scooching up the bench? Or do you think they could be going external? Um, this is a tough one. I could see it being a situation of Charles Lee moving up the bench. I don't know what options are out there. You know, like who's out there that you're looking at 
first off, the the recycle coach pool. Nobody out there really excites me. Like, this is one of those things where I wonder if Quinn Snyder kind of looking at himself like, man, uh, maybe I shouldn't have taken this Hawks job so early. Or even Ime Udoka going, maybe I shouldn't have jumped on this Rockets job so quickly. Um, I know Nick Nurse is out there. I'm not a Nick Nurse man. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of his. And more importantly, I think this is a team, they kind of have their defensive identity, and that's where Nick Nurse comes in. They need a coach to give them an offensive identity, in particular in the half court. That's where they struggled mostly uh, over these past few years. Their half court offense has been very blah. And I think that's they need to look for somebody who's going to have fresh ideas for that. Whether that's Charles Lee or somebody else, that's, how, that's, that's who they need to go to. I don't think it's going to be a guy like Nick Nurse, though. Also, just going from a guy who's like incredibly conservative with the way he runs the game, adjustments, all that kind of stuff to go with Nick fucking Nurse, that would be a hell of a sea change in Milwaukee. Uh, but I'm sure we'll find out pretty soon. I think a lot of people are going to be lining up to coach Giannis and try to turn that thing around. Maybe Moda Kiel will be their coach. That would be nice. Either way, he'll be here on the Daily Ding, and I will be too. I'm Jared Weiss. Mo's shaking his head. I guess he doesn't want Bud's job. And uh, They don't have enough money. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> they don't. LA Red ain't, ain't, it is not easy. Uh, all right, let's go do it first here for Daniel Lehman, our producer, for Mo Tequil, our expert analyst, and Jared Weiss. And you've been watching the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA show. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.